1: you can listen to our Warren Radio episodes on Warren USA.com and DanaGlynsmith.com. Warren Radio is now on the following platforms Amazon Prime Music and Podcast, Spreaker, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Deezer, Spotify, Anchor, and PocketCast. And do not miss the featured post this week. On DanaGlynsmith.com: Prophecy America Among the Nations. Persistent Faith, Perilous Times. Weeping over national sins on warn-usa.com, Advocacy Aftermath on Classic Warn Radio, God's Truth, Book of Romans, Part 3 on Sound the Shofar, Lord's Deliverance, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 76 on Warn Radio. And be sure not to miss these WIBR Warren radio shows on WARN-USA.com. Gospel News Advocacy Global Last Days. Gospel Advocacy Aftermath on Classic WARN Radio. And the featured radio shows for the week of July 19th through the 21st are... Wednesday's Advocacy Show, Weeping Over Sins, Faith in Jesus Christ, Missions, Pakistan, My Anamar, Persecution, at Warren Radio. Thursday's Isaiah Series, I Will Restore, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 181, on Warren Radio (coughs) Battle Lines. Friday, Sound the Shofar perilous form of godliness rejuvenating hope in Christ part three and be sure to get your copy of the rising by the watchman Dana Glenn Smith the rising is a Christian fiction thriller and it continues the story of Mac a former black ops sniper and details the takeover of America Hidden within the storyline of The Rising is the truth of what's happening in America today. And you can get your copy by going to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books a Million, Ingram. The Rising Ebook can be found on Google Play. And you can also get your copy of The Rising by going to dana.glinsmith.com. And while on the site, be sure to sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio newsletter and visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop. And now I welcome in the Watchman. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight?
0: Well, you know, in spite of the election, I'm doing good.
1: Yeah. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight?
0: Well, I'm doing good. How are you doing?
1: Doing great. What's going on?
0: Well, let's see. On this Thursday night, this is part 182. And we're coming up to the end of this one day. But we're going to be in chapter 60 before long. But we do have some intense stuff that we're going through now. And as far as the world, there's a lot of issues out there. They're building the new world order. They're trying to, you know, act as if we're dumb over here and don't know what they're doing, you know. So other than doing something about all these crazed Lunatics that want a new world order and then the other crazed lunatics that are nuttier than a fruitcake. Uh, w- you know, we've got our hands full.
1: Yes, we do.
0: Yep. So, at any rate, you know, we've been talking about how fast time flies. We've been doing that for...
1: every every time we get on here
0: (laughs) 25 years you know a long time it just seems like it flies
1: it does yes it does
0: so at any rate we're doing good we're plugging along the websites are up and doing good we have new articles on there and uh, and of course we keep our other ones in rotation because they're really really good And uh, this is the Watchman Institute for Biblical Research. So we are a biblical research. Our articles are not, you know, a paragraph and a half and then tons of ads, and then another paragraph and a half and more tons of ads, and then another one or two paragraphs with another ton of ads until finally you get to the bottom. And the only thing you've read is probably, probably, you know 10 paragraphs I mean literally because I watch these things they don't they don't do like we do when I write I write you know and we're talking 2500 words you know 6000 words or somewhere in between or even more I can write it and I'm a fast writer So, I don't know what's the matter with these other people, but that's the way they do it. You go to their websites, you have tons of ads. Well, we have a few that are up there because of our relationship with, uh, I think it is Jetpack that puts them up, but uh, you know, they're supposed to pay us, but so far and as long as I can remember, we've never been paid nothing. I think the last time I got paid for an ad was when we were working with Google. <laughs> and I don't do anything with Google anymore. So at any rate, we're plugging along depending on the Lord, planning on going to heaven. We're waiting for him to come back, and we're warning people about getting too comfortable in the world and warning people to repent. So I don't know what it's like in your life, but in our life, we are here preparing for the coming of the Lord. We are preparing for a lot of things to happen so I hope you're with us and uh, we hope that your family's all ready to meet the Lord because things are happening and they're going to happen I can guarantee you so with that
1: okay we're in Isaiah chapter 56 starting at verse 19 Transgressions finds its way to Isaiah's prophetic book, Part 182, on Warren Radio Battle Lines. While Israel knows judgment and the consequences of Jehovah's mighty power, it also has experienced miracles, signs, wonders, war, deliverances, and judgment, from one extreme of blessing to the time of calling the people to repent. Now we have been dealing with Judah's experience as Babylon's captives. But things have turned around. Isaiah is laying out the choices for the people. Good deals with their sins. Oh no, sorry. God deals with their sins, offers repentance and blessing. The horizon has a glittering city of Jerusalem in their hearts and a people longing for their temple. The question is, can the people reach their goal of restoration and being in the land of Israel? And now back to you, Dana. I'll see you on the other side.
0: Okay. Now, of course, we've dealt with Israel being in captivity, actually Judah. And we've dealt with all the before stuff that Isaiah said to them. We've dealt with the sins of the people and we've also dealt with uh, you know the fall of Babylon but we are looking at some more of what Isaiah is saying and and this is a, a reconciliation it's you know the people are delivered but God is the Lord is going through some things and You know, we have this effort where getting the people to understand that, yes, you went through judgment. You went through judgment for these reasons, but now I have forgiven you. I have restored you. I'm going to take you back to Jerusalem. I'm going to bless you there. And, uh, you know, we're talking about a people that's been 70 years of judgment and in that there was generations that got born that had nothing to do with uh, um, the law much except for what uh, um, the people could remember but they didn't have um, what they had when they had before you know a regular line of prophets and uh, you know the priests and the temple and the whole nine yards and so everything is, is going to come back because they're going to build a temple and the people are going to be back in, the, in you know, joint communique, so to speak, with the Lord and with his spirit. And uh, they're going to do those things that are right in his eyes. I mean, after 70 years in judgment, yeah, they they're ready. And so 5719, and I like the wording here. I create the fruit of the lips. Or the words of the lips. And that which the lips produce are words. And he's not just saying anything. Now see, when we talk about lips, when we talk about speaking, when we talk about talking, There are the fruits thereof. There are people that speak wickedly and do wickedly. There are those that speak righteously and bless the Lord and uh, are in unison with the purposes of the Lord and they repented. And so there is a fruit of the the lips. And we're going to go through some of this. And then here's the words... That the Lord says. Now we're, we're talking about fruit of the lips. Now, if if we're saying, well, you know, I wanted to deliver you, but now I'm going to destroy you. Those, that you don't want to hear that. So the Lord is speaking to them. It says, peace, peace to him that is far off, and to him that is near, saith the Lord, and I will heal him. So this is words of comfort. This is, this follows what we've been discussing. You know, I mean, if you're going to deal with the Lord God, that's what you want him to say. Peace, peace. And this is to everybody, you know, if you're far off or if you're near. Because he'll heal you. You may not want healed. You may hate the Lord, which would be a dumb thing to do. But, uh, you know, people, you know, some people aren't known for their smarts. You know, know, there are those that spend their lifetime hating God. And God's not affected by it. You will be affected by it. He's unchangeable. But yet, especially with with the covenant through Yahshua, jesus christ and the cross you know we can be in that mode of full of sin and hate god and rebellious and all of a sudden god touches our hearts and we see the truth so we repent god will forgive you and heal you and so there's a lot of a lot of stuff here when we talk about it and so the lord is saying to judah Peace peace to him that is far off and to him that is near saith the Lord and I will heal them. Now see after 70 years in captivity that's what you want him to say. I am going to heal you. I am going to get the balm of Gilead and I am going to heal you. Now today in the new covenant we have the Baal Gilead through the cross and through Yahshua triumphing over all principalities and powers and successfully uh, bringing the atonement for all men being resurrected from the dead and as revelation one says he is the almighty now. And when someone is the Almighty, like our Lord is, you know, it it takes comfort in knowing that you're not going to try to challenge him. Because he'll let you on earth, shoot your mouth off, be as wicked as you want to do. And especially during these times uh, that we speak of as the end of days, coming up to the arrival of the Son of God. You know, and I quote this a lot, Revelation 22. He that is wicked, let him be wicked still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. Now you go to Revelation 22 and you look for those phrases. There's going to be four phrases in there, two of the righteous, two of the wicked. And you'll see it and read it. And that's in Revelation 22, the end of the chapter. In the first of the chapter, we meet the Almighty. The Almighty. The resurrection and the life. And that is Yahshua, Jesus Christ. And so you have a choice. He's introduced right at the beginning of that, telling you who he is and what his power is. And at the end of the book, you'll see him again. This time it's at judgment. So your choice. Now, see, God could have destroyed the children of Israel and left them to rot in Babylon. But there's a lot of things here at stake. There's the Davidic promises. There's the promise of the coming greater son of David, which Yahshua, Jesus fulfilled. And, and if he would have left him in there, the Jews, and let them all die, then the promises would have died with him. He would have had to bring that line through another line. But see, he was able to bring through all the fulfillment of prophecy and it, it was even mentioned in Matthew when you go in Matthew and they talk about the generational lines they'll have the line of the Messiah right in there and that's one of the reasons uh, Matthew brought it forth and uh, and that included being uh, held in captivity so the line of David that went into captivity their line came out of captivity they were still they were alive, the line so when we say that, you know, being in Babylon, you know, uh, Israel didn't perish. They came out of Babylon, and there was people left to come out of Babylon, and there was young people, all of which had to learn the law again. So this is how difficult it was. So we're looking right away, though, in, in regard to all of that, and in regard to those that are coming out of Babylon that really... Are unsure, you know. They've never faced the law and and the state of Israel the way it was, when both houses were joined together, and see David was at the helm and Solomon. Then, you know, he was at the helm. You know, this generation had never experienced it. They would have heard the stories, and so, so we have that now. The one thing that I like to do i like to bring you some of the new testament in here because what we're talking about is reconciliation we're talking about healing which in which today healing through the cross is is through the atonement and through repentance and the lord will heal you and he will put his spirit inside of you and so this has a lot to say here not just to the jews but to Christians, and, you know, this is one thing about Scripture, you know, the entire New Testament was written by Jews, the entire Old Testament was written by Jews, but the Jews of the Old Testament were of the law, and the Jews that wrote the New Testament were born again they were born through the blood of the atonement through the work of christ on the cross that's the two different uh uh, sections we have here and so you know there was forgiveness in the old testament there's forgiveness in the new but the new fulfilled the old it didn't destroy it it fulfilled it and so you know this is the one thing that when we're talking about Israel, that they have to understand, yet they don't understand it. And and there's a lot of them. There was talk about the persecution of, you know, of uh, some of the Messianic Jews over there and the Christians that live there uh, by certain radical Jews. But these radical Jews are looking at the Old Testament and looking at the law. And, you know, they're, they're naturally drawn to the Old Testament and to do that which it says. So this is not as easy as you think. So you have to understand that God knows what he's doing and he'll bring them in. So let's go to Ephesians 2 and there's several verses here beginning at verse 13. But now in Christ you who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Jesus. The first ones you think of there's two groups, but the first ones I think of is the Jews, who were afar off, and through the blood atonement of the Son of God, who is a Jew, he died on the cross, was resurrected from the dead, and it's through the shedding of his blood, the atonement. So he fulfilled the Day of Atonement, and the Day of First Fruits, and Pentecost, and you know others and and that's what the messiah did and so you have to understand how big this is yet for the jews it's hard for them to understand all of that uh, one of the reasons is because of the scripture about the blindness of israel and for he is our peace paul says who has made both one and broken down the middle wall of part partition between us now you see Um, But in the Holy of Holies, you know, the curtain that was up that separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of it was torn in two when Christ died on that cross at Calvary. Because it was at that moment, because of his death, that made that barrier become broken and separated and then when he was resurrected he became that middle wall of partition Christ did through his atonement for he is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us so the law came by Moses but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ John says having abolished in his flesh the enmity Even the law of commandments contained in the ordinances for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. So there's no more, you know, this flesh that's bound up by keeping the law of commandments, but through the Messiah, people are born again by the Spirit of God. They're renewed totally and you know they suddenly become alive by the power of God and so this is the difference and this is still the difference and and Jews are, are you know are still going to have some problem with this until God opens it up to them and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross having slain the enmity. And he's going to reconcile both Jew and Gentile because the Gentiles were lost too. They didn't know nothing about the cross. It took Jewish preachers like Paul and the rest of the boys and the prophetesses, you know, it it took them to tell the Jews and to tell, you know, the Gentiles at the time, hey, you don't have to be a pagan. (laughs) <laughs> you know God loves you he wants to help you you know but there's something about Gentiles that we just you know we go off on our merry way and we wind up in trouble And but see God sees us you know it's like he sees someone you know a little kid getting out of the way there and he picks him up and puts him back where he goes he says no you can't go over there He's our Father. So when you begin to wander and stuff, the Spirit of God will will give you a nudge in your spirit and kind of supernaturally pick you up and say, this is where you need to go. And came and preached peace to you. Now he's speaking to the Ephesians, which were afar off. Now hint here, all the Gentiles were afar off, okay? It's not like we were sitting on top of the temple trying to listen in, you know. They did have some proselytes that, that followed it. But the bottom line of it is, is that this was about grace and truth and not about the law. But they didn't destroy the law. They fulfilled it because the uh, grace and truth is propelled by the love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved, both Jew and Gentile. So this is the love. So when we see Isaiah 57:19, peace, peace to him that is afar off, to him that is near. Now you see the Jews were near him, and near to him and the Gentiles were way over in the other part of the earth you know practically they, they weren't even close to this and then all of a sudden you had a bunch of Jewish apostles and prophets and everything showing up and you know the Gentiles liked this. They liked the idea of being forgiven they liked the idea of you know walking with God and having his spirit and you know, and even today, even in persecuted areas, you know people can go through a lot, even hell itself if they know the Lord is with them and that's one thing he will never do is leave anybody uh, let's see for through him, through Christ we have ac- both have access by one spirit unto the father So, Ephesians 2:13 through 18, you know, the 14th verse, the second verse in that, for he is our peace, because he brought us unto himself. And it didn't come by the law, it came through grace. And the fulfillment of that law by Yahshua, who died on the cross, was resurrected from the dead. So they didn't, make the law null and void they fulfilled the law and brought a better reunification or a better covenant because the Son of God died on the cross for our sins and was resurrected and then so see now we were talking about the fruit of the lips now see this is Isaiah this is King James the fruit of the lips So now, if we go down to Hebrews 13.15, it says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Now, that's how we thank God. By the fruit of our lips. And I like that. And I like up here when it says, I create the fruit of the lips. I like that phrase. I create the fruit of the lips. Well, you as a Christian can create the fruit of the lips because you got the spirit of God. And I like Hebrews 15 that fulfills this very verse in uh, Isaiah. Isaiah 57:19 was actually... We can find it fulfilled up here in Hebrews thirteen fifteen, where we see, you know, that Paul was talking about when you offer the sacrifice of praise, that's the fruit of your lips. God has the fruit of His lips, and He used that uh, illustration. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. But we use that, and and we we. Refer to that as an anthropomorphism, you know, a uh, human trait used here. But at any rate, I like it. Whether you do, you know, I like it because I personally think the fruit of your lips, of course, is worship of God. It's praising God. And I think as Christians today, we need to praise God, we need to thank God, we need to be thankful. You know, and and I think that's, that is offering, you know, as they call it, the sacrifice of praise, but it's the fruit of your lips. You know, sacrifice of praise. That means you praise him even when you don't want him or when you don't feel like it. And even when you're mad or you're down. Or when things don't go your way, that's the time you should be offering praise to God and thanks. Because that changes a lot, you know, within your spirit, how you see things. Now, Hosea 14.2. Here's another one. I I, I get I really get, when when I see the prophets, now this is Hosea speaking. So we've heard Isaiah, we've heard uh, Hebrews and Paul. Now this is what Hosea has to say. Hosea. Take with you words and turn to the Lord and say unto him, Take away all iniquity and receive us graciously, so we will render the calves of our lips. And so we're, we're seeing here, as Albert Barnes talks about, the words of confession and prayer with humility and repentance, confession entreaty, and, and praise of God. And God seems to assign to them a form from which they should approach it. But with these words, they were also to turn inwardly and turn unto the Lord with your whole heart and not your lips alone, <coughs> after ye shall be confessed. Confess before him. Take with you words and turn to the Lord. Yeah, that's a good thing. That's confession. And say unto him, Take away all iniquity. That's your repentance. And receive us graciously. That is your appeal for grace and for acceptance. And so we will render the calves of our lips. I've never seen a calf of my lip, but you know, I've seen plenty of people do things with their lips. And I seen someone the other day, some of the woke ones, and he had lips the size of a Cadillac. I don't even know where he got them from, but somebody did something. But see, the point is, You know, it's not your lips. Your lips don't have the power. It is using your lips and worshiping God in spirit and in truth. That's what God wants. And that's how Israel got in trouble. You know, they would continue to keep the law and even go into the temple, even when they were um, serving other gods. That is not what God wanted. And if we call our Christians and serve darkness, that's not what God wants. And so when we talk about the fruit of our lips, you know, it's more fruit than it is lips because God is looking for that truth to come out of you. You know, he knows you have lips. He knows what you can say. He knows and hears, you know, all the things that go on, the gossiping and the hatred. I mean, look at America. You know, we, our social media is filled with filth. Now, there are people on it, not just like us, because we put the Word of God out there. For 25 years, we put the Word of God out there. We don't charge you for it or anything. It's out there. And it's the word of God that will make a difference. Repentance. Yes, you speak it, but the important part is the things you speak are coming from the heart. See, and this is the same way. These people are coming out of Babylon. And God is going to take them back, and there's a lot more, he says, and we've already covered that. But see, this God is planning on healing them, taking them back, uh, cleaning them up, and helping them to live a life before God so they can have blessing and not cursing. God doesn't want to, but God uses judgment. Now remember this. He uses judgment to obtain forgiveness for you. Because he knows man's heart. He knows what is in man. You read John and see how many times the Lord, it says about the Lord knowing man and what was in man. And he needed not any man confessing for he knew what was in man. When he did miracles, they wanted to make him a king and he knew that. So he went up alone to pray all night long. You see, and we need to understand that. Yeah, you know, we have the whole world that's going to be under the thumb of the Antichrist or the beast. But see, God isn't going anywhere. You know, we act as if the devil, you know, is going to be on the throne and there's nothing else. Well, I got news for you. There is going to be something else. And God is going to make a warrior out of you and you're going to stand up and you're going to overcome because you're going to overcome by faith and you're going to confirm what you believe by the words of your mouth and the confession. The faith of Jesus and the testimony of Jesus. Both of those things. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony and we love not our lives unto the death. This is not a bunch of you know, Sunday go to meeting uh, uh, times, you know, this This is when the rubber hits the road, there's going to be miracles and signs, there's going to be evil like you've never seen, but God can keep you and your family from the evil. And the Lord praised uh, prays to that. Father pray that you would keep them from the evil. Isaiah 57:20. but the wicked now see, you see how that says? But the wicked? That's because what he's been talking about is to the righteous, to those who are called, to those he wants to deliver. But to the wicked. Yeah, yeah they're out there. Sometimes I think there's too many. But see, the truth of the matter is, folks, God does not want to destroy the wicked. I don't want them destroyed. I'd rather see them repent. I'm already sick of blood. The bloodshed and the murder and the killings and the persecution, I'm sick of it. I'd just soon have all the wicked repent, then everything would be nice. But unfortunately, they're not going to do that. So, but the wicked, all who are transgressors of the law and who remain unpardoned. Okay, so that's who the wicked are. Are like the troubled sea. Now, my family came from Catalina and my grandfather had a boat. And my dad and and his brother and sister, they were on a boat. They were used to the sea. I'm not used to the sea. I was a Navy man, but the quicker I got off the ocean, the better. But there's people who like it. But see, this is a troubled sea. You know? And you don't want to be on a troubled sea, meaning agitated, ever-moving and restless. The sea is always in motion and never entirely calm. And often it'll go into foam and heaves with wild commotion. Well, if you're on a ship like I was in the Navy, you go up and down, back and forth, sideways and everywhere, all at once in some of these seas. All at once. And you're going up and the bow goes up and then it drops and in the back and the side. And you have to be a well-seasoned sailor to get through this without getting seasick. Now, see, the wicked are just like that. They're always in motion. They cannot rest. They're always foaming up, foaming at the mouth. Wild, uncontrollable. Transgressing the law. Transgressing the word of God. They don't care about it. They delight in doing evil. Matter of fact, they're wise to do evil. And so all this reveals the image of the wicked and their unsettled and agitated you know, inner spirit and body and life and soul, their mind, And the whole thing shows you that within the wicked there is no peace. And and that is a scripture. The wicked are not going to know peace or have peace. Even the rich wicked who have enough money to buy anything. But you know, I've seen a lot of rich people And I see a lot of people in Hollywood, so do you, and I remember growing up as a kid, and even after I was grown up, how many of those rich movie stars can't even stay married, because this starlet or something that they married, oh this is going to give me peace, and pretty soon they get divorced within six months. There's only one way to get peace and that is through the Lord for Christ did not come to condemn you but he came to save you and so when I see judgment I see God's grace because this way when he makes things uncomfortable He causes people to look up and consider their ways and then many times he will put someone in their path to help them, to lead them out of their darkness. (coughs) Now in Jude, this is how uh, Jude describes this. (laughs) You know, and this is a good description speaking of the wicked <coughs> but these speak evil of those things which they know not but what they know naturally <coughs> as brute beasts in those things they corrupt themselves woe unto them for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Korah. All of those are examples. These are spots in your feasts of charity. Now he's talking to believers when they have their feasts. When they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, Clouds they are without water, carried about of winds and trees whose fruit withereth. Without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Now he's describing their souls here. Raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame. Wandering stars, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Now you see, we were talking about raging waves... Raging waves of the sea and foaming out their own shame wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Now none of that sounds good. None of it. You know, if you ever been on the ocean late at night far away from civilization and if you have a star filled night, it's beautiful. But if there's no stars, nothing shining, and it's cloudy and you're out there, it'll be one of the darkest blackness you've ever seen. So Jude talks about that. And they pick that up from the Word of God, what God says. Because the wicked are not going to know peace. Their souls are unstable. Their spirit is unstable because they know not God. And the things they think they know, they do not know. So the warning here, if we look at Proverbs, for instance, 14, Enter not into the path of the wicked and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, pass away. Now see, as Christians, that's what we need to be doing. But Israel needed to do that too. But see, Israel became more like the nations around them. And God said, do not be like these nations. They're supposed to find truth in God and stick to it. And so you stay away from these wicked. And he says, For they sleep not, except they have done mischief. And their sleep is taken away, unless they cause some to fall, For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. In other words, it's totally dark. The deeds are wicked. But the path of the just is as a shining light that shines more and more unto a perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. And believe you me, when you look at the nations of men today, And they're clamoring for a one world order. They want to control everything. And there's coming another one whom they will follow. Hook, line, and sinker. Because their lives are not written, their names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life so this is going to be judgment that's why we want to be of the righteous the righteous you want to be righteous you want to be holy and through Christ you can you want to get into the word of God you want to speak the word of God you want to seek the Lord you want to praise the Lord praise the Father you want to have that open communication you want that power to cleanse and heal and help you to be formed into the image of the Son of God and we're we're about done with that. Uh, let me go up to this other example now this is psalm seventy three verse 12 we're starting at behold these are the ungodly who prosper in the world they increase in riches number one we know that you know George Soros he's a billionaire what does he spend his money on destroying America that's his goal and he said as much and it's been in print Verily I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Till I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood therein. He's speaking of the wicked here. Surely thou didst set them in a slippery place. Thou castest them down into destruction. How are they brought into desolation in a moment? They are utterly consumed with terrors. And all the strongest men and all the strongest atheists and everything else in hell you're not going to find one atheist. You're not going to find one agnostic. Now they'll be there, but they're no longer agnostic. And they're no longer an atheist because they know God exists, but it's too late. See, you can stand up and pontificate and insists that there is no God and you can do that while you're standing in hell as as well once you die if you don't repent the Jews could stand up and they could serve all their own gods you know the gods of the nations God told them not to do that and then go into the uh, the temple and go through the motions and go back out and serve these other gods and that's the way they lived then when judgment came and a lot of them died it wasn't such a happy thing because God knows the hearts of men and this is the same way today you know it's no different between the Old and the New Testament it's the same God he does not change it's it's the same hell it's the same darkness it's the same reward it's death and if you want death well I guess you can just continue being wicked but the point of it is God doesn't want you to die that's why he sent his son he didn't send his son to condemn the world the world was already condemned you know long long time ago I was in another time, another place. I was married, but uh, God hadn't taught me everything yet. And so a lesson was coming up. And there was this unsavory place right along the interstate. And I didn't like it being there because I was a Christian, you know. I didn't want to go into this place. And it was wicked. Wicked things in there. So I went by one day and I cursed it. So it would not exist, it would go. (laughs) And as soon as I did that, I heard the words they're already cursed. They're already in darkness it was true. <laughs> and I chuckled to myself. That's true. You know, how can you curse something that's already cursed? See, without God, we're you know, people are already in darkness. They are already cursed. They're they're already separated from God. So they're not going to act like Christians. They're not going to talk like Christians. They're not going to talk And they're not going to act usually, you know, like you would as a believer. People need God. And people that don't have the Lord, don't know him, hey, they're going to act different. They're going to be different. What you want is for God to heal them. And when you testify to them and talk to them and show them a little love and concern, that breaks through some of that hardness. And when they're really having a hard time, you can say, you know, I've gone through the same thing. What can I do to help you? Because God has one plan to save as many as he can but he gave them the choice at 5721 we're going there this is Isaiah there is no peace saith my God to the wicked no peace now when I started this series I emphasize what I'm about to tell you now Isaiah 3 10 through 11 the Lord tells Isaiah, and Isaiah's getting ready to uh, prophesy about what's going to happen to Judah, among others, not just Judah. Say ye to the righteous that it shall be well with him, for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. Woe unto the wicked, for it shall be ill with him, for the reward of his hands shall be given him. And to the judgment in these end of days, I say to the righteous that it's going to be well with you. You're going to eat the fruit of your doings. You've been born again. Whatever happens to you, God is going to redeem you and give you a new body. But woe to the wicked. It's not going to be okay with you. You're not going to have whatever you want. You know, your kingdom is fool's play it's going to be gone isaiah 48:22 there is no peace saith the lord unto the wicked and i think that's one of the biggest lessons you know when we're going through this is what we're facing. So in the things we covered tonight, think about it, pray about it, pray for your family, seek the Lord. Because there are tough times coming. And Isaiah screams repentance and relationship with God. Father, thank you for your word and for those here heard or are going to hear. Bless them, move in their lives, draw them to yourself. Open up their eyes, bring them to repentance, Father. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, in the powers of darkness, from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word in Jesus' name. Okay, Tower. Okay.
1: Well, that was a good word. That's uh, I liked it. And I I especially like the comforting words that um, there's peace in the Lord and that the wicked will know no peace.
0: We're going to have to leave.
1: Okay. Good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us whenever you do. We love you and we always hope the best for you in Christ Jesus. We pray for you. Thank you for being here with us. And may God richly bless you for all you do for him. Please pray for your brethren and pray for us. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Good night, everybody.
0: And don't forget to go to our websites, warn-usa.com, <clears throat> Until next time, shalom, everybody. <laughs>